Woo! All right. How's everybody feeling tonight? Everybody good? Good. I'm so glad you're here. If it's your first time, my name is Clint. Uh, my wife and I have the privilege of being pastors here. And we're just going to jump in tonight. Can we just jump in right now? Is that cool with you? All right, here we go. Uh, we're starting a new series tonight called Essentials. Y'all say Essentials. Essentials. What do you need, really, to be a Christian? What's being a Christian all about? Well, tonight we're going to talk about one of those things. But first, how many people have ever seen a bad painting of Jesus before? Come on, be honest. They're, they're, most of them are bad. All right, I brought a few of them with me. Look at this sweet little picture of Jesus, right? Uh, he's caught a little butterfly on his finger, and I don't know if that's his son or what. I don't know what this is, but he didn't have a son, right? I'm just, I'm just joking. But look at this. Can y'all see it with my podium in the way? Here you go. Uh, I love this one. The next one, he's holding a little baby sheep, a lamb, I think is what it's called. It's so sweet, right? Uh, I love this one right here. He just looks like a homeless man and uh, like he might be strung out on something, but... We know the Lord would never do that, all right? So I love that. Next one, I mean, he's just straight up like heavyweight title. He just won right here. He's just so proud. I just rose from the grave. It's awesome, right? This is my favorite. He's by a woman that's clearly fallen, and he's not helping her do anything, right? Uh, I love I love seeing bad pictures of Jesus. I'm not making fun of Jesus. I'm making fun of the paintings, all right? The paintings are always bad. They never quite capture what Jesus was probably really like. You know what I'm saying? Like, he probably wasn't uh, holding a lamb all calm and cuddly. Uh, he probably uh, didn't catch butterflies on his I don't know. He might have, but he's the Lord. He can command a butterfly to do whatever he wants, right? Like, he, he probably never, and I'm sure if Mary had fallen, he would have helped her up, you know, all these things. But tonight, we're going to talk about a story in the Bible that also gives us a weird picture of Jesus. That's not a literal picture. It's a picture that's painted with words. And it's one that we don't see many paintings of. Why? Because this story is really outside of God's character. It's really outside of who we think of when we think of Jesus. And that's found in Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 15. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. And we're going to jump right in. Here we go. It says, when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over... Their tables. Uh, he talked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. Now, we don't see this picture of Jesus very often. In fact, it kind of messes with us a little bit because we know the Jesus that like walked on water. We know the Jesus that fed 5,000. We know the Jesus that healed people. We know the Jesus that loved everybody. We don't know what to do with this Jesus. The Jesus that rolls into church and all of a sudden starts flipping tables over. All of a sudden he starts throwing chairs across the room, right? Like he starts telling people to leave. We don't really know what to do. And the problem is this, is that the people that were there, they were kind of supposed to be there. They had jobs. Like it was a part of the, the, the temple ways to, to get things you needed for church and to do this. And, and, and they were supposed to be there. So you can imagine everyone's like, what's this guy doing right now, right? Like why? Is he in here treating us like this? Well, then Jesus responds and he says this. He said to them, the scriptures declare this, and he's quoting another passage. He says, my house will be called a house of, now hold on, if you didn't know this verse, if you didn't have it right in front of you, what would you say that goes in this next part? Because I think we get it wrong a lot. I think this, our church has gotten it wrong some. And we've made some serious changes because of this. 
But some of us, we might think, oh, he, he might be saying, Our, uh, God's house is a house of awesome pastors with great personalities, and they're very funny, right? Like, oh, that's what our house is about. Or man, my house is about a house of production. We love, excuse me, we love the lights. We love the music. We love all this, which we don't have a lot of that stuff, so I'm really happy about that. My house is a house of performance, like, man, the people that get up there, they do such a good job up on that stage. Maybe, maybe you think my house is a house of hype. Man, they, you know, our, our church is all about hype or whatever. My house is a house that's about a building and this, and this place where we get to meet that's so beautiful and so clean. No, 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 no. That's not what Jesus said. He didn't say that. Pay attention to what he says. He says, my house will be called a house of prayer. My house will be called a house of prayer. The atmosphere in my house is where people are intentionally seeking God. The atmosphere in my house are are where the people are are begging to get into God's presence. They want to do whatever it takes to get there. And, And that's oftentimes prayer, right? My house is a house that's committed to talking to God. My house is a house that's committed to getting in God's presence, you know, we changed something a few weeks ago, or actually about a month ago. At 2 o'clock, every week here, you know what we do? We pray. Because I want, I want people to, they might not know enough about us, they might not know me, but man, I want them to know that church cares and they pray. My house will be a house of prayer. And we're going to pray right now. Come on, y'all bow your heads and you close your eyes with me. Jesus, this space is yours. This service is yours. And even right now, I feel the enemy coming in and wanting to take this. But this is a house of prayer. This is a house of your presence. God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for everything you've done. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. See how that changes the atmosphere in the room a little bit? People need that. Why? Because people come in, they're hurting. People come in and they've had a long week. They're discouraged. They don't know what they're going to do next. They've had something happen that's out of their control. They've got bills to pay and they don't have enough money to do it. They have people that have walked out on them. Mama's coming here and they're tired. Can I get an amen from somebody, right? Now, here we go. You know. And our house has to be a house that's devoted to prayer. And, and that focuses us to not just what we do here, but why we do it. We need God to show Don't you need God to show up? Come on. Don't you need him here? You don't need me. You need God here. Well, guess what ushers in God? Prayer. And so Jesus, I, I think it's interesting that he says this. And that's, what, that's the first essential. We're going to talk about prayer tonight. It's, I got a short message. We're not going to be long. But I think it's important for us to understand why he said that. Why did Jesus tell us, hey, this is going to be a house of prayer? Well, why is that important? Because prayer does a few things for us. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If you're not, I want you to write this down anyway, all right? What's prayer do? Prayer brings supernatural, what's that last word? Peace. Prayer brings supernatural peace. You know what I've had to do about 10 times since this church, this service started? is pray. Why? 
because I, I got some anxiety that I came in here with today. And I believe spending time with God gives you supernatural peace. Does anyone else need some peace tonight? Come on, somebody needs some peace tonight. I think we all do. Well, guess what? I need to tell you something. The time that I'm spending with God is the degree of peace that I'm walking in. So if you're not spending time with God and you're like, man, my life does not bring in a lot of peace, pray. Because spending time with the Prince of Peace will get you peace. Because that's who God is. He is peace. And when we spend time with him, we can't help but be like that. We can't help to walk in peace. We can't help but to feel that peace. And some of us need a lot of peace right now. And you got to spend time with God to get it. Have you ever been over to someone's house? Have you ever been to Waffle House back in the day when they allowed smoking? You know what I'm talking about? What did you walk away smelling like? Smoke, right? I mean, everyone's like, did you just come from Waffle House? I did. All right, how did you know? And here's the deal. Because when you're there, it gets on you a little bit. Some of you need to get near God and let him get on you a little bit. You need to have some peace in your life right now. Because prayer brings supernatural peace. It says this in Philippians. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then, after you've done that, after you've stopped worrying and you started praying, then you will experience God's, what's this word? Peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And his peace not only will come to you, but it will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Prayer brings supernatural peace. And, and we don't need peace like the absence of bad. No, we can have peace in the presence of bad. Sometimes we think peace is, is not having the storm around us. No, 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 no. That's not what peace is. Peace is being with God. And sometimes you can be with God and be in a storm at the same time. But guess what? That peace is supernatural. That's the peace that you need. That's the peace that you came here for tonight. You can have that peace. And God, Jesus knew, my house needs to be a house of prayer. Why? Because people need peace. And guess what? Get here next week at two. Pray with us. We pray for 30 minutes. It's so easy. We have music. We do it with our kids. It's awesome. Because we pray first here. You've already been prayed for. Your seat that you're in has already been prayed for. Your kids, they've already been prayed for. Because that's the, that's, this is a house of prayer right here. So prayer brings supernatural peace. The next thing is this, is prayer provides supernatural protection. Y'all say protection. Protection. Listen, uh, here's the guy, his name's Ian Bounds. He said this, prayer is our most formidable weapon. It's the weapon that works the best. It's the strongest weapon. It's the most strategic weapon, but it's the one in which we are least skilled and the most averse to use. My goodness, I hope that isn't the case for us. Prayer is not our last line of defense. It's our first line of offense. That's what we do. Prayer is what we do. Man, prayer provides supernatural protection. I love this in Ephesians. It says this. It's for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. I'm going to stop there and let you know something. If people are not your problem, the enemy is your problem. All right, we don't fight against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. There is an enemy, it's the devil. He's out to get you, he's out to get your family, he's out to take advantage of you, he's out for you. He wants only to steal, kill, and destroy your life. That's all he wants. 
So we have to protect ourselves. Well, how do we do that? We pray. And it says, uh, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But some of us, we're so busy, we think that, man, our, our fight's against people. Well, let me tell you right now. Let me tell you something. As long as your battle is with people, you'll continue to lose the war. Why? Because they're not the problem. The devil is the problem. The enemy's the problem. And the, you, you can't beat the devil with worldly weapons. You can't beat the devil in the things. You have to go to battle with the supernatural with the supernatural. You have to do what God has called you to do. You have to do what God tells you to do to defeat the enemy. And here's what he tells you to do. He says, therefore, put on, what's this word? If you can, every, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. I, I don't know if you understand how important this is, but the Bible says, put on every piece of God's armor. And, and, these, and this armor that we're going to read about, it's not what you think it is. Most of them actually have to do with your character. But there's a big one at the end that we forget a lot of times. And it says, uh, uh, for the armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. He uses this language because whenever Paul wrote that, it was very common for Roman soldiers to be walking around. Well, the picture he paints of this soldier that's wearing the armor is one that you would have all those tools if you were in battle. Let me tell you, you're in battle. You need every single one of these tools. But if you put on all these tools, but you forget this last one that we're gonna tell you about, you're vulnerable. You're gonna get taken out. The enemy can still get you. Why? Because here's what it goes on to continue to say. And then pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for the Lord's people. So you can be decked out in the full armor of God, but if you miss this portion, if you miss prayer, you're still vulnerable. Man, I'm telling you, the enemy wants to take you out. But pray, pray, ask God, I need you. God, would you protect my kids today? God, would you provide protection for my kids today? God, would you provide for us right now? God, I don't know what the, I'm actually a little mad at you right now, but I need you. I need you to protect me from continuing to go down this path in my brain. God, I need you. I need you. I need you. Prayer. If you're missing it, you're still probably going to get attacked. You have to pray. Why? Because it offers supernatural protection over your life. Does that mean bad things won't happen? Absolutely not. Bad things still happen to people. The world is broken. But it ain't gonna be because I wasn't praying. We gotta pray, we gotta pray, we gotta pray. Man, if you have a problem right now and you feel attacked by the enemy, pray. Hit your knees, pray. I've started waking up in the morning and while I'm just laying in bed, before I pick up my phone, Steph doesn't even know I'm awake at this point. I pray. God, I, I need you today. I cannot do this today. I pray. We pray for supernatural protection. The last thing is this. I've got to find my spot. 
Prayer releases supernatural power. Y'all say power. Come on, y'all say power. Like you mean it, a power. There we go. Uh, unlike the Titans today, I mean, what the heck happened? My goodness. <sighs> anyway, I'm glad I, I'm glad I had to leave at halftime to come here. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at. It releases supernatural power. Man, some of us need some power, right? Like we need God to, we need to plug into something that's going to give us some power. Uh, I, our, our daughters have a little light in their room, and uh, Nani got it for us, or, and it was something they used to argue about because it would, they leave it on all night, and then the batteries would die. But we realized it came with the power cord. Man, and t- when you plug that power cord into that thing, it is like the sun is in that room. It is awesome because power matters. It brightens things up, right? It does something that you and I can't do. I can't make that thing work, but the power, power can. I can plug it in and it can work, right? I love what the Bible teaches. It says this. This is the law of the house, all right? This is God talking. He's saying, this is the law of my house. How many of y'all are parents in here? Come on, how many of y'all have a law at your house? At our house, we don't do that, right? I have to tell my kids that all, like, at our house, we don't speak that way. We, go, we say, yes, sir, and we go do it, right? And God's saying this right here. Hey, in my house, there's gonna be a law. All the surrounding area on top of the mountain will be the most holy. Behold this law of the house. Well, Clint, what is this law? Well, I'll tell you. He was telling them how to build the temple, and he was giving them measurements, and he says this. He said, these are the measurements of the altar in cubits. So the place where God would meet his people, the altar, where people would encounter his presence, it were to be measured in cubits. Clint, what is a cubit? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to teach everybody a lesson today. I've, brought, I've brushed over it before in the past, but we're about to dive deep on it. I want everyone to do this right here. Put, make a four, but put your fingers together, all right? Now, uh, this is called a hand breadth, all right? So right here, this is a hand breadth, and the, the distance from the bend of your elbow to the tip of your middle finger is a cubit. Now, unless you're weird, okay, uh, you should have six hand breadths to the tip of your finger. All right, so everyone try it. Come on. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five, six. Is that about right? Is that about right? Ish? I mean, it's pretty close. It's not, it's not identical. They didn't have rulers back then. All right, but hey, this is, that's what a cubit is. So one, two, three, four, five, six, right? Like that's, that's how people, does anyone have more than six? Stephanie does, and she's going to brag about it after I get done driving this point home a little bit. All right, so this is how stuff was made. The, everything back then was measured in cubits. And also, how many hand breasts does it take to get to a cubit? Six. In the Bible, six is the number of man. What's the mark of the beast? Okay. So everything was done man's way. Everything's been measured man's way. The altar. The houses that they had built back then were measured with the cubits, right? Like the clothes they had measured with cubits. Everything was built for man doing what man can in his own power. Think about how it's, man, eventually we, we came up with the printing press. And then we have man can, can now write things and remember them forever. And then the internet comes out. And now we have all the internet in our little pocket right here. Anything we could possibly know is found in this phone. That's done from a man's hand. That's done from a cubit, right? We get in airplanes. We, fl- we fly in the air sitting down. 
because of a man's hand, because of the cubits, because of what he can do and what man can do. I mean, you have air conditioning in your house tonight because of what man came up with. It's pretty amazing. I'm not knocking man. That's pretty awesome. Man can do a lot of amazing things. But God said, not in my house. Man can do amazing things, but in my house, it's not just the cubit. It's not just what you can do. No, 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 no. In my house, here are the measurements. The cubits is, uh, is one cubit and a hand breadth. So he said, hey, 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 you can do what you can do, and then I'm going to take and I'm going to add the seventh hand. Come on, some of us need the seventh hand, the seventh hand of God in your life. Some of us, we've done all that we can do, and you don't know how you're going to go any further. You don't know how you're going to keep going. i got good news for you. You're in the perfect position for the seventh hand of God to come down in your situation for some supernatural power. God said, no, no, we're not measuring like the rest of the world. In this house, we have supernatural power. Why? Because of the seventh hand, my hand. It's going to come on you. Some of you, you're, you're so tired. You don't know how you're going to go on. Uh, you're, you're exhausted. You need the seventh hand of God. Prayer brings the seventh hand of God. He takes what you can do and the abilities that he's given you, and he turns it supernatural. You can't go on with your kids. You don't know what you're going to do. Man, they're draining me. Hey, you need the seventh hand of God. Do all you can do, and then watch God show up and do what only he can do. You need the seventh hand of God in your life. I was sharing this story earlier with our team when we came here for prayer. Elijah, you know the story of Elijah, right? He's on top of Mount Carmel. He defeats all these uh, prophets and it goes crazy. And, uh, but what you don't know in that story is that it hadn't rained for three and a half years. The Bible said there was no dew on the ground in the morning. All the creeks were dried up. The rivers were dry. It was all dry. No water. God does this amazing miracle, and Elijah's like, I'm going to pray for rain. And so he sends his servant out to go look. He's, he, the Bible says he gets on his knees, he puts his head between his knees, and he says, hey, he looks at Ahab, his servant, and go, hey, go check to see if there's rain. Ahab goes. He looks at the mountainside. He's looking over a body of water. No rain. He comes back and said, Elijah, there's not even a cloud in the sky. He said, okay, go back. Ahab went again, second time. He looks, not a cloud in the sky, dries a bone. He comes back, said, Elijah, it's not, it's not working. Elijah said, go a third time. He goes, comes back, same story. He says, go a fourth time. Ahab goes, comes back, same story. He says, go a fifth time. At this point, I'm sure Ahab wanted to flick him off, right? Like, this is terrible. What are you doing? He goes, he comes back, same story. Elijah goes, go a sixth time. Ahab goes, like our son does sometimes. He goes, he comes back, same story. Not a cloud in the sky. He went one time, right? Two times, three times, four times, five times, six times, nothing happened. Elijah looked at him and says, go a seventh time. He goes a seventh time, and he comes back, and he looks at Elijah. He said, there's a cloud, and it's about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, get to going, because it's about to rain, right? 
and it said it rains, it rains, it rains. Why? Because the seventh hand came. I love it that in the Bible, the, the Bible talks about Goliath. He was six cubits tall. But it took one little man that had the seventh hand of God in his life, a little boy named David. And he said, hey, I'm not coming at you with a weapon. I'm not coming out through the shield and a sword. No, 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 no. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord. I got the seventh hand of God on me. You can't take me out. And one stone, one toss takes out Goliath. He had the seventh hand. What can your story be? Man, you've done all you can do. You've done everything that you can do. I don't know what else I'm going to do. I don't, God, I don't know how I'm going to raise these kids. God, I don't know how I'm going to do with this church right now. I don't know how I'm going to do in my marriage. I don't know how I'm going to move on from this. Great. Because God's about to put his seventh hand on your life. But you have to commit to prayer. You have to commit to praying. You have to commit to getting time with God and saying, God, I need you. I cannot do this without you. I don't want to do this without you. God, I'm desperate for you. I need your power. I need your strength. I need your vision. I need your discernment. I need your wisdom. I need you. I can't do this anymore. And I love this saying. It goes like this. Work like it all depends on you, but pray like it all depends on God. And when, when God meets us, where we've done all that we can do, and he adds his supernatural power, things change. Joey, you can come up. There's times, I'm just going to be honest, with this church, I'm like, God, what in the world, what are you doing? I've, I've called Madison Creek 500 times. I've done this. I've done the things that you wanted me to do. What are you going to do? And that's honest, that's how I feel right now. If I'm just being honest. Man, this church can't be in a better spot. Why? Because God's seventh hand is about to come down on Oasis Church. I'm telling you. And he's going to give us supernatural power. And it's not going to be built on me or Stephanie or Joey or anyone in this room. It's going to be built on God's supernatural power. They're going to look and go, there's no way that that happened with Clint and Stephanie. Are you kidding me? And they'd be right. Because it's about the seventh hand of God. It's about a supernatural power. You need that in your life. I believe that. I'm fired up tonight. My goodness. Listen, I believe that God wants to break loose in your life. I promise you. Just commit this, just this week, just seven days, just this week. Beg for God's seventh hand to come down in your life. And watch it happen. Watch God begin to work. And do something. That's what Steph and I, I, mean, I got some exciting things I'm sharing with you next week. Listen, do not miss next week. First of all, it's our birthday party and you're all invited. All right. And if you don't come, that's rude. Okay. I'll just tell you right now. It's rude not to come to a birthday party. But beyond that, I can't wait to celebrate all that God's done. But me and Steph are going to share some exciting news of where God's taking us right now. Because guess what? It's not what we planned. We've done everything we can do, but we feel like God's seventh hand is coming down on us and we know where our next few steps are. And you need to hear that next week. And we're talking about baptism. So if you want to get baptized, man, if, you don't, if you've never been baptized, by the way, or if you've, you've been baptized, uh, maybe if you were an infant and that wasn't your decision, make this your decision. Come on, dude, you can get baptized. And I don't, I'm not even going to count. I don't care. My daughter's getting baptized. I'm excited about it. But man, come and get baptized. That's our act of obedience. We're going to talk about that. Not next week, two weeks from now. We're going to be baptized. But next week, we're going to talk about it. But I'm telling you, that you want the seventh hand of God in your life, you got to commit to praying. How about this week? 
pray. Don't give up. Maybe for you, that point of supernatural peace, you needed that tonight. Pray. And don't just pray, spend time in God's word. You can't, you can't spend time with God and not come out with a little peace. You need that. I need that. And for some of you, I'm going to be praying for you this week. God, would you provide supernatural protection in their life? God, would you show up in their life? God, would you just keep the enemy out of their mind, out of their marriage? But all this is done. That's why Jesus said, no, 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 no. I'm driving out these people that have made the house of God something that it's not supposed to be. And I'm this is a house of prayer. And you know what I would love? Just I would love for all of us to show up at two next Sunday. You don't have to miss half the Titans game, but we all made it today and they were terrible. So it doesn't even matter. Let's show up at two. Let's pray together. And listen, there's not even an agenda. I mean, we literally show up. I take a couple of my kids or one of my kids and we walk around and I'm praying for you by name. I'm praying for that seat you're in. I'm praying for the situations I know. We are interceding for you because as a pastor, the best thing I can do is pray for you. And so, man, why don't you join us next week at two? I think that'd be pretty fun right here. And uh, man, it would turn us up, getting ready for the service a little bit. But I want you to know that, man, God is for you. God wants to give you peace. Sometimes we just reject it because of what we're doing. God wants to protect you. I believe that God wants to put that seventh hand and the power of God on your life. And, and do all your problems go away? Heck no. Are you kidding? In fact, the enemy's probably going to attack you a little bit more, which means, guess what? You get to pray more. You get to buckle down and go, nope, I'm praying. I'm over here singing, speaking truth over my life. Like, God, anxiety's got to go. Fear's got to go. The enemy's, I mean, I'm speaking out every demon known to man out here while we're worshiping. Why? Because prayer, that's how I'm getting peace. And there was a change. And that second song, y'all don't even know that song yet? I love that song. Get used to it. We're going to do it a lot. But hey, we, we, uh, we, I'm singing that song. Something changed in me. Why? Because, man, I spent time with God down here. Didn't have to wait. Didn't have to do it at church. No, I could spend time with God anywhere. But you need that. Come on, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Man, I did fast tonight, babe. I should preach excited more often. Hey, maybe for you, you've never made a decision to, to accept Jesus in your life. Well, guess what? Until you do that, all you can do is manage who you are a little bit better. Right? Like, I'm just an angry person. I, you know, I just, and the world will teach you just to manage. Hey, you just figure out how to just manage it, whatever. No, no, no. You need Jesus. And Jesus can change you. He can change you. But it starts with a relationship with him. So I got two things I'm going to do tonight. First, if you've never been in a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to invite you to do that right now. If you're like, Clint, I've never invited Jesus into my life. I want to do that right now. Come on, raise your hand. I want to lead you in a prayer. All right, great. Put your hands down. Now, for everyone else in here. Clint, I just feel like I need to pray for this right now. If you'd be honest and say, Clint, I need God's seventh hand in my life right now. There's a situation I'm battling that feels impossible. And I, I've, I've lost all uh, hope and I've tried and tried and tried and I just can't figure it out. And you need God's seventh hand. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Come on, right now, raise your hand. You need God's seventh hand in your life over something. 
Woo, God, right now, we speak the seventh hand on these situations, God. I pray that they wouldn't grow tired, they wouldn't grow weary in doing what is good. I pray that they wouldn't give up, God, that they would keep on doing what you've called them to do. But God, we ask that your seventh hand fall right now because in your house, that's the law. God, we do all we can do, but you put that seventh hand down and it changes everything. And so, God, I ask that you begin to change these situations, God. I begin you, I pray you begin to bring that seventh hand, that supernatural power, that power that people would look at and go, there's no way that this person could do that. There's no way that I should be able to deal with this. But God, your seventh hand is going to fall and you're going to do something supernatural in an area that we never thought imaginable, God. I pray for supernatural peace for some people in this place. I know what they're walking through. I know what they're dealing with, God. They need your peace. And that doesn't mean it's the absence of the storm. No, no, no. They can have peace right now in the middle of the storm. And so, God, I pray for supernatural peace. God, I pray protection around this family. There's so much crazy going on in the world right now. Viruses, social media, opinions and politics and all kinds of stuff that's going to get us down. I pray for a protection around all those things. God, I pray that you protect us, God. I pray you protect our minds. I pray you protect our marriages, God. I pray you protect our children. I pray you protect every area of our life. I pray you protect this church in Jesus' name. God, we ask that you protect us and God, we need you. We tell you that we need you. We can't do this on our own. We can't do this by ourselves, God, but with you, all things are possible, your word tells us. And so we need that. This is a house of prayer, God. We declare it in Jesus' name. God, Oasis Church, it might not be known for much, but it's gonna be known as being a house of of people that pray, that get on our knees, that seek you, that say, God, if if we ain't got you, we got nothing. But God, if we have you, we have everything. And so I pray this week, God, that you would help us be a people of prayer, that we would lean in on that. Even if it's five minutes a day, we would just lean in on you and pray. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, y'all give God a hand in this place. Hey, we love you very much. Do not miss next week. What's next week? Birthday party. Is it your real birthday? What'd you say? I thought you said my birthday. I was like, oh my gosh. But hey, come, we're gonna have some treats for you. We're gonna celebrate and we're gonna party. Because why? Because we're fun here. All right, we just said we're gonna have some fun. You're gonna smile. You're gonna love it. I think it's gonna be amazing. But hey, until then, I want you to pray every day this week. And we love you so much. And we'll see you next Sunday at four o'clock. All right, y'all have a good night. See ya.